Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast, where we help you find the keys to living your best life. We tackle issues ranging from physical and emotional well-being, all the way to strengthening personal relationships and paving the way to financial independence. Get excited to take your life to the next level today. Now, here are your hosts, Cheryl Morley and Paul Croto. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast. We are doing part two today of what are your negative emotions telling you? So I thought part one was amazing, Cheryl. It was so good, and we had to split it up into two parts because this is important. It's it's really important, yeah. Well, it we're on number important. 134 today. And again, yep. you can get these notes at elevateyourlife.com. So if you missed the last one, you can go back into 133 and listen to that. Uh, and we'll put a link here in the notes so you can get back to that real quick. But uh, there was 10 action signals that we're talking about. So there's there's a, some a negative. Whenever you feel a negative emotion, what you want to do is look at it differently from this point forward that it's trying to tell you something. So it's yeah. being aware I'm feeling this emotion and this is what it's telling you. What That's what the signal is is getting back to me and what you should be listening to. So let's take number six, Cheryl, which is disappointment. Oh, my goodness. So this is a feeling of being let down. Or like you will miss out on something forever. So it's about expecting more than you receive. And there's that word again, Paul, expecting. Yeah. So Got to be very careful about your expectations. It pops up a lot, that word, yeah. Yeah, you bet. So um, I love this because we're going we're gonna to talk about what they are and then, and then like what it's telling you, a little bit about what it's telling you. So it's telling you that an expectation you had is not going to happen. It's not going to be fulfilled. Yeah. And think about that because don't we have expectations for everything? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the ones I hear a lot from people is like an expectation that my, my dad wasn't this, he didn't pay that much attention to me or my mom wasn't this, you know, something that you wanted them to be but they weren't. I, you know, that's just one example of disappointment. I mean, we consider all day and talk about different types of disappointment, but it really, the key word you said, I think Cheryl was, um, uh, standards. What is your standard? So you set a standard for how you wanted that this person or that person or that, or this situation to go. And it didn't happen that way, but yeah, I want to get back to the word expectation because that is the key here in my opinion. Um, And the first solution to this, again, is to change, exchange your expectations for for appreciation, for gratitude. Yeah. You know, to not say, and, you know, and and Tony Robbins goes into this wonderfully, and and everybody in the world can agree, you should be able to agree with this, that you look back at your problems. And Tony, I mean, he was, his mom was an alcoholic, his dad was this. And I mean, there was just absolute horrible situation he was in. But because of those things, he's the person he is today. Right. You know, so you can look back and I, at all this, you know, the saying is it doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. It's hundred percent true. I right. know you've been through a lot in your life, Cheryl. And when you look back, I yeah. mean, it didn't kill you. So it made you stronger. I mean, you wouldn't be the person you are today without that happening. As, as weird as that sounds, you know, cause it was horrific when it happened and you were disappointed in, in, in different things in life, but you came out a better person because of it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, another solution, too, is that you can feel like um, the situation isn't over yet. So you might be in the middle of it. So, oh, my gosh, well, what can I do? 
Well, then it's just kind of thinking about having a little more patience. Yeah, the serenity prayer comes to mind when you mention that. Oh, yeah. The serenity prayer is awesome. That's a great one. And then another solution is um, you just have to really uh, cultivate an attitude of positive expectancy. About what will happen in the future. Yeah. Yeah, about what will happen in the future. So expectancy is you're expecting something. And that's where you're going to be, you know, expecting great things. And that's what I, I love the word hope, because I think that that has everything to do um, with having great expectations for the future. Yeah. And I, and I think it's about the future, like you said, not about a certain person or something, but, um, and then the word positive, you know, positive expectations are fine as long as they're put in a positive way and and about your future and not about someone else. So. Yep. We can handle, we just handle disappointment. Now, everyone that feels disappointed out there, you don't feel disappointed anymore. No, and you have a little bit of a different way to look at it. Let's talk about one that I think it's Brene Brown. She talks about this a lot, and that's guilt. Mm. And she puts guilt and shame together, with which I think is so amazing. Um, I think that I don't know a woman um, that that has not felt guilt at some point in their life. Really? Oh, no, I don't. What are some examples of that you've run into? Absolutely not. Well, it could be anything that um, you did in the past that you, you know, because you change and you grow and you learn, right? Well, if you've done something in the past that doesn't, and it says it right here, right? You do something in the past that's violated one of your highest standards. So you set your standards and your standards could be whatever your standards are. But if you violate those, I think you feel that guilt. I think a lot of times as moms, we feel guilt. Um, Well, I wish I could do this for my child. I wish I could do that for my child. Oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. Right. And so then that guilt starts and you have to be very careful not to get caught up in that. Right. Not to get caught up in the feeling of guilt. And then the guilt turns into shame. And then my goodness, it's just a, it's, it, that is a hamster wheel that if you're on it, Please listen as we talk about these solutions um, that you can really and really just understand that guilt. Again, Paul, it's a story you're tell, telling yourself, isn't it? I mean, what's really the meaning of what's making you feel so guilty? Yep. There's something happening. You're giving it a certain meaning. And that, of course, and that meaning is uh, I shouldn't have done that or I should have done more. Right. Absolutely. So a solution, acknowledge that you have violated a critical standard you have for yourself. So of course, and, and that's the whole thing with shame, because when you feel guilt, shame sets in. And then what do you do? Don't say a word and you hide it and you don't want anyone to know ever, but you've got to realize that, you know, that, that, you know, that you made a mistake or that you violated one of these standards that you have. And perhaps it would help to talk about it with somebody Right. And and um, and I, I think when you talk about things and get that out, um, I, I think that's where the, the real healing begins. Now, do you think a lot of women that, you know, or situations, you know, uh, did the guilt come? It was the guilt, a standard they had that wasn't met or was it? Do a lot of people make up, not make up guilt, but be like, I feel so guilty about my friend dying or something like that, where you put it like, well, what did you have to do with that? Like you, 
oh, I should have been there at that moment and to catch the brick that was falling from the roof. Of course, and not even like that. But, you know, as a mom, um, if something happens to your child, you're like, well, well, I should have been there. Everything's your fault. Yeah. I should have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so to get over that, it's very, and so I personally don't think it always has to do with the standard. I think it has to do with the way that you look at things and, and the blame, right? The blame that you put on yourself and then the guilt that you feel for that. Even, you know, and it could be just that you weren't able to, you know, be there or stop something that happened, right? Or you did something that you really don't believe in, but you did it, you know, when you were younger. And, you know, I just think all of those things um, really can play into guilt and really do play into guilt. Sure. And, but, but we are, we're talking about big things. We, this also can apply to little things like, uh, I had too many carbs today. Of course. You know, so now you acknowledge that you violated a critical standard, which is I'm not going over 20 grams of carbs a day. And you, you did that. Um, and absolutely commit yourself to making sure that this behavior will never happen again. I'm never going to let that happen again. But in, but knowing that that's something you, for sure that you did wrong. Um, and then here's right. the cool thing. I love utilizing the guilt, utilize this, utilizing pain to drive you to hold you to that higher standard. You know, right. because I did this, I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to use that as my fuel to never do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that definitely, and remembering, you know, because I think guilt and shame both are torture. I think you torture yourself with those things. And so just remembering, you know, the way that you felt at those times, um, I feel like helps, it goes a long way um, in making sure that you don't do things again, that would, um, you know, go against the standards that you, the high standards you've set for yourself. We all make mistakes, but if you keep on making the mistake over and over again, that's the, the real problem. Right. So the next one I feel like is another one that I hear a lot about um, as I'm coaching women, as I'm talking with women. And that one is inadequacy. Uh, Of course. Um, And it's just, it's where you're feeling unworthy um, that you can't do something or that, you know, that you, that you, that you think you should be able to do it, but for some reason you can't do it. And yes, Yes. But I also think that it's, you know, it it also depends on what you've been told about yourself in the past. Right. And the meaning you're giving that, I mean, if you're, if your mom or your dad or, or, or a good friend or whatever it was told you, oh, well, you're worthless. Oh, you don't amount to anything. Oh, you're never going to amount to anything. I think the feelings of inadequacy absolutely kick in. Yeah. So as you, as we grow up, and it was what before the age of seven, our belief system is established. Yeah, crazy. So um, once you hit seven, your belief system is established, and if you've been told, um, so you you start saying to yourself, "I am worthless" or "I'm inadequate" because your parents or someone else has been telling you this, and you start believing that and you make that one of your core beliefs. That's when we got a big problem. Right. The cool thing is you can change your beliefs in one second. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what is this mess? What's the message behind when you feel? Well, 
you know, the message, the message is just that, um, you know, you might not be to the, the skill level that you want to be right now. Um, but the exciting thing is, is you just, you know, you grow, right? That's one of our um, main needs. One of our, our six needs that we put that very high at the top is you just grow and then you're more able to um, to do the task if that's where you're feeling inadequate um, or just really to realize, you know, your worth, like the that you are of infinite worth. I love that saying. Um, and, and just know that, you know, that, that if there is something that you're struggling with, that you absolutely can, can do that. And you just have to, you know, the solution right here is, you know, am I really inadequate or do I just need to become more resourceful? Right. Now, is it, is this a, in your experience, is this a general feeling like it's, I just feel inadequate or I'm trying to bake this cake and I can't do it. So it's, I don't develop that skill yet. No, I think there's a couple of things. If that's it, I think it's easier to deal with. But if you just have an overall feeling of worthlessness, like I don't amount to anything, I think that's much harder to deal with. And I think it's, I think then it's not just one thing that you're feeling that about, but it's like a whole plethora of things that you're feeling that about. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's where we get into, you know, to some, to some real struggles and, and to yeah. some. It's got to be the just, story they're focusing on though. So change your story, change your life, write a new story, of course. come up with some new beliefs um, and stay focused on those, not on the old stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love finding a coat. Well, so some, some solutions to this, we've gone over a few already, but um, you know, uh, I love the finding a coach thing. You know, I think oh. um, you, it's, it's very difficult for us to see ourselves. You know, I can see everybody else. Perfect. I can tell you how to fix anything, but fixing stuff in myself is another trick. You know, I need someone else to point it out to me because we all have blind spots. So um, yeah, I can't, oh, yeah. you know, emphasize that enough. Right. So number nine, we've got overload or overwhelm, which is an interesting one to me, Paul. And, and that's really um, what you figured out a while back that that's kind of what, or that's what you would always feel. Yeah. Let me handle this one. Right. Because Okay. I'm next you go ahead. You go uh, ahead. Cause <laughs> I don't ever feel like that. I don't have a to-do list, Paul. I'm yeah, fine. That's, it was great. <laughs> I mean, um, it, you know, I always, so the big thing is I've talked to Tony about this and, and he, we try to establish, so everyone has an emotional home. So it's super, super important that you figure out, I mean, of course we all feel happy. Sometimes we all feel sad, but where do you usually land up throughout the day? Yeah. And um, I had to think about, it. I'm like, well, I'm not stressed. I'm not worried. I didn't know what word to use. He's like, how about overwhelm? I'm like, boom, that's it. Like I knew instantaneously that that was the emotion I feel. You know, and he's like, well, you know, didn't you tell me you own your own business? I'm like, yeah. He's like, so who makes up your schedule? Well, I do. Who makes up your to-do list? Oh, I do. You know, like no one's putting pressure on me at all to do anything um, except myself. So I'm holding myself to these super high expectations. And then I got a to-do list of 237 things today, you know, <laughs> and I, of course, you feel overwhelmed because it's just, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. So it's... um you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a bad feeling of depression or helplessness. And, um, well, it turns into that too. I think, I mean, you feel overwhelmed for so long and pretty soon it's like, 
you're overwhelmed because you can't get everything done. And because, oh my gosh, my list. And, and I think that the the more overwhelmed you feel, I found the less you get done. Of course. You know, which is You're now you feel no even worse or more. How can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's the hamster wheel that you get on that it's hard to get off of, right? Yeah. Um, and and the 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 message here um is that this emotion just might be telling the telling you that you need to reevaluate what's most important and and that maybe you're dealing with too many things at once, or you've got a to-do list that's what, Paul, 138 things on your to-do list. I have like two. <laughs> I like to make sure I get them done. Well, what, you know, and I love the 80-20 rule. John Maxwell teaches this where you got 10 things on your list. There's only two of them that are going to move you really forward in life. The other right. eight, you know, if you don't get them done, you don't get them done. But the, the problem is, is people put, write the book at number 10. You know, you right. got to put the, the two big, big rocks at the top and work on those two things. And in most cases, the other eight, they're, you, know, you need to do them, but they're not going to move your life forward like the first two will. So I love that. I always keep that in mind. And, and being in the Marines, every single day, they gave you more than you could do. And, and they were all, always testing you. Can you prioritize? Because you can't get everything done in the day. There's nobody in the world that can get everything done in a day. There's right. always things that got to be pushed off tomorrow. So you don't feel bad about pushing it off to tomorrow. I feel good about that. I set good priorities in the top three things. I got three things now I do a day, not 300. I always get those three things done, the three big rocks. And I decide those three big rocks the night before. So I know what the three things I'm going to get done today is because I figured them out last night. Right. That's perfect. That's so perfect. And you can change it yeah. in time. Like one of the biggest things is that I decided that bliss is going to be my, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be blissful. I'm going to always, you know, be up uplifting to other people. So I just decided never to feel overwhelmed again. And, and literally just deciding that, honestly, Cheryl made all the difference in the world. I don't, I never felt overwhelmed again. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and then just a couple others, uh, you can break things down into simple steps. So just do um, consistent that was, that's huge simple for me. Yeah. steps. Yep. Super and then like, yeah. And then like you said, um, tackle the first things first, like the, you know, number one, number two, maybe even number three. Eat the so, frog. Yeah. I love those. Well, number 10, number 10, I think a lot of people started feeling during COVID if they did not feel it before. And that is loneliness. And the biggest one from that, I think is, being separated from others, being mm-hmm. isolated. And yeah. I think a lot of times people can isolate themselves or just the circumstances that they're in. Um, they become isolated. And I love this though, because it's simple. Feeling loneliness just means that you need to connect with others. Yeah. Right. That's the message that 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 you need to just know, you know, you just need to, to reach out there and make a connection of some sort, become part of a community. Um you know, which I think has become huge in the last little bit. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we have a saying that your problem is never the problem. It's the root cause that that's the problem. So, you know, we hear about depression levels going up through the roof after COVID because of all the shutdowns of people, kids, especially, I mean, kids don't understand what's going on. They're locked in their house. They can't go see their friends. Like, mom, I'm going to see my friends. You, you can't because there's a something flying around the air. I mean, you know, don't understand that. So, 
that feeling of loneliness came in. And, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the loneliness came in, not the feeling of it. The, the sure fact that you can't see your friends is not a feeling. It's a fact yeah. um, that led to depression. So it's, you know, people are like, oh, there's a chemical imbalance of this. And we're going to do a whole podcast on depression because it's our super hot topic um, for Cheryl and I. But we got to find the root cause. And the one of the main causes of depression is loneliness. And, you know, we know how we fixing this should not be that difficult. You know, just reaching out and connecting, you know, I, you know, identifying what kind of connection you need in your life. You know, I think that is important uh, to establish. Yeah. So Paul, as we're, and, and that, there's the, there's the 10, right? There they are. And I was just thinking as we were going through these, that really our goal setting course that we did for the new year can help with so many of these, yeah. help with so many of these feelings and, and, you know, especially the overwhelm, the loneliness, because we have a whole community um, that we do that with. And, um, and I know you can find those notes at elevateyourgoals.com. If you'd like to join us in our goal setting and and just kind of um, keeping track of what we're going to do throughout this next year and really finding out what it is you want. Because I have so many people, Paul, that just have no clue what they want. And so that's a really big part of that goal setting. Um, Well, Paul, there it is. Oh, my goodness. The 10 action signals and the messages behind them and the solution to master them. Yeah. And we understand, you know, you listen to this podcast and sounds all great, super great advice. But when you're in the moment feeling any of these 10 things, oh, you know, I'm a, I know there's times, Cheryl, you know, I, you know, you called me. I mean, you were hotter than a pistol about something or whatever. And I'm like trying Never. to use some of this stuff on you. And you're, you're like, because you, and no, I, I was going to use some of this stuff on you. You even warned me before I started that don't even tell me don't there's ask another me meaning the behind meaning this because that is don't ask me what the meaning. Yeah. Don't ask me what the meaning. <laughs> I don't want to hear that nonsense. <laughs> so we understand this is easier said that. than done. Yeah. But um just exactly. that awareness and and yeah. knowing you know that this is this feeling is just a signal back to me, and this is what the signal's telling me, and this is how I can fix it. So um it's I think this is such a valuable lesson, these two podcasts, Cheryl, for people to listen to, you know, a, you know, two or three times just to really get it down, take look at the notes, really be like, okay, because you want to be prepared if, if any of these and practice. Yeah, and practice. If any of these emotions come into play, and there's now that you know them and, and the things that fix them, you can start taking some proactive approaches so that you'll sure. never feel that way because you you've already exchanged your expectations for appreciation and things like that. So a lot of these emotions you can never feel again. So again, the quality of your life is the quality of the emotions you consistently feel. So our plus one again for today is the same one as it was for last time. It's to elevate your life, become aware of the negative emotions that you are feeling and what those emotions are trying to tell you. Yes. And as you are feeling those emotions and start to work on them, to become aware of them, um, you will be able to move from fine to fabulous. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Your Life podcast. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.